Miracy. Hi, it's Danny, one of the hosts of the show. As you know, in each episode of Course Lab, we do a deep dive into the inner workings of an online course business to help you take away the most relevant insights that you can apply yourself. Some of our explorations are about the educational architecture of the courses, and others are about the business model that makes the course successful. And if you're interested in the business side of things, I've got a treat for you today. It's a new show that recently joined the Mira CFM podcast network called Blowing Up. It's co-hosted by my colleague and friend, Linda Claire Puig, and my brother, Ari. Linda is the founder and CEO of Six Figure Newsletters, and Ari is the head of strategy for the ACES Business Acceleration Program here at Miracy. To give you a taste of the show, we're running an episode right here in the Course Lab feed. And I chose this particular episode because it's a perfect fit for Course Lab listeners. You'll see why as soon as you jump in. I think you'll find it insightful and inspiring. And if you like what you hear, make sure to find Blowing Up in your favorite podcast player and subscribe. Having this type of structure for our students, our clients is really, really helpful. It does them a favor. It's like, okay, 10 minutes left in this writing party, get your introduction done, because then we're moving on. Hello, and welcome to Blowing Up, the podcast that shows entrepreneurs like you how other businesses exploded in the best possible way. I'm Linda Claire Puig, the founder and CEO of Six Figure Newsletters, and I'm here with my co-host, Ari Eni, the head of strategy for the ACES Business Acceleration Program at Miracy. Hey there, Linda. In each episode of Blowing Up, we showcase an entrepreneur whose business, yes, blew up. It experienced what seemed to be a sudden success. But as we all know, that kind of success is not random or a fluke. The company employed a specific strategy that caused its rapid rise in revenue. So today we're going to dive deep into that strategy so that you can learn from it and determine how you might apply elements of it to your business. In this episode, we look at a highly structured strategy that's focused on the immense value to clients and students of completion. We're talking hands-on, get it done in a weekend events. Our guest is Donna Kozik, who to my mind is the very first in the industry to create this type of event with her Write a Book in a Weekend program. She now leads five different in a weekend programs and has more up her sleeves. She also has a done for you publishing program and whether DIY or DFY, her mission is let's get you published. Welcome to Donna and let's jump right into our conversation. Well, things were going so great for me in uh, the (laughs) fall of 2008. In fact, I had printed out the bankruptcy papers. I was in the grocery store and I was looking at the cans of cat food on the shelf and I was wondering how many cans can I afford to get to feed my cats this weekend. I was down to pennies. That's a desperate place to be. There really was, but desperation can cause us to say, hey, you know what, I'm just going to try something. I had been giving the online business a try and it just didn't seem to be working. I was trying to show people how to write and publish a book, but I really didn't have a system for it or anything like that. I was talking to my coach and he said, well, why don't you start a Facebook group and call it, I don't know, write a book in a weekend or something. And I'm like, (laughs) okay. 
I had a member join and she messaged me and said, Donna, I'm ready to write my book this weekend. What do I do? I started thinking about it. What would I have her do to actually write a book in a weekend? And so my mind kind of went to work on it. So I said, I'm going to have this virtual event and I'm going to show people how to write a short and powerful book that they can get done in a weekend, something that's kind of more modest in content, meaningful in message is the way I positioned it. I had fun actually putting it together and I'm like, well, let's see if anybody buys this. And I put it out there and I had 70 people buy it for 99 bucks each. And that was huge. I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) this really works. I had another weekend. That was September of 2008. I did another one in October, one in November. In January, I did one and I had my first $10,000 a month. I crossed six figures in June of that year and I haven't looked back. My day I will never forget is when I was in the grocery store and I'm looking at that cat food and I'm like, I just take my arm and sweep it across the shelf. I had plenty of money. I could buy all the cat food I wanted. That's really meaningful, though. I mean, it's a real tangible evidence of well-being and of success. So you did write a book in a weekend events for many years I think before you created another in a weekend event, can you talk about that transition? I was all excited about my first Mm. book in a weekend. And then I did another one and I said to my coach, oh, you know what I'm going to do? Promote your book in a weekend. And he said, if you do that, I will kill you. (laughs) You have barely scratched the surface with this write a book in a weekend thing. He's like, keep it up for a while and then Uh see what happens. And so that's what I did. I only did write a book in a weekend. I did six a year for about four years. And then I expanded it to Kindle ebook in a weekend. Mm. And then I'm a big proponent of using that book as what I call a big business card to get clients or get leads for your business. So part of that is having a call to action in your book where you ask people to go and download a freebie. So then I started freebie in a weekend to show people how to create that freebie. So now you're up to, I think, five in a weekend type events. I can't and, help uh, myself, uh, Linda. <laughs> people need to get things done and weekends are a great way of doing it. I was going to ask you why they're so successful, but that makes sense. I did a website in a weekend around 2010, and I recently did another one of those. And then I did podcast in a weekend to show people how to get started doing a podcast. I copied the idea and I did easing in a weekend. And that was a really fun event. People really got a lot out of it. They got their newsletters started, which for a lot of people is a really hard thing to do. And so I'm just testifying to the value of those kinds of events. Do you think that in a weekend event, similar to the ones that you run, do you think that everyone can do them? Talk to us a little bit about how you see other people utilizing that strategy for themselves. Yes, absolutely. I think that anybody could do them. And I think, first of all, your clients would uh, love it because they'd be able to accomplish something in the weekend. I think it's a good model for people who want to see their clients move forward in things. So you've been kind of touching on different elements of the weekend. Could you walk us through like, what does a weekend look like? How does it work? 
So what I do is I have some orientation calls prior to the weekend itself. One is an orientation, let everybody know this is the way it works. And then also I want you to think of your vision of what you want to accomplish in the weekend. Let's talk about your message. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about how we can make it what I call an inch wide, mile deep, so you can get a book done in a weekend. Then I have the On Your Mark call, the Wednesday prior to the weekend. I try to match the participants with a type of book structure. And then Mm -hmm. on Saturday morning, we start with the introduction, because no matter what structure you pick, you have an introduction for your book. Then on Saturday afternoon, we fill in that structure a little bit more with a uh, outline and some fast drafts. And then the idea to get like one chapter, pretty much 80% done. And then on Sunday afternoon, we talk titles for the book and then uh, some of that publishing information about like, here's what comes next. Then we have a celebration call and our what happens on Monday morning, our next steps call on Sunday afternoon. So you're pretty much on the whole weekend. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But you can imagine I've done over a hundred of these weekends. Mm-hmm. I have wow. the email templates all set up. I set up reminders. I have uh, my whole system in place for putting up the replays and doing the recordings and stuff like that. Other than just being present, it doesn't take a lot of your time. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, to be honest, when I heard you were saying write a book in a weekend, it's like, that sounds great. I've been working on a book for a while now. It would be awesome if it was done in a weekend. But the level of chunking down of handholding that you're providing is essentially allowing people to get it done or get as much as possible done in that short time frame. Exactly. It's a combination. Sometimes I hold your hand. Sometimes I kick your butt. I have found, and I'm certain a lot of people who are listening have found this as well. When you're working with clients, they tend to sometimes overcomplicate things or mm-hmm. to go off into tangents, to go rogue. I give some tips for like, here's how not to write a book in a weekend. And one of them is like, don't all of a sudden go rogue. Don't all of a sudden decide you're going to write war and peace. Stay with me on this path. Stick with me and we can get a book done. You don't want to think like you're writing the book of your life, you know, a legacy book. We're looking to get a book done. It's like learning to ride a bicycle. Once you know the process, how to do it, then you can repeat it and write longer books if you wish. I love that. Having this type of structure for our students, our clients is really, really helpful. It does them a favor. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're children, but we all know how when you're working with children, when you give them 10 minutes to bedtime and okay, five minutes, start picking up your toys. It's similar to what I do. It's like, okay, 10 minutes left in this writing party, get your introduction done because then we're moving on. Do you have like a Facebook group or any way for people who are attending a specific in a weekend event to communicate with each other? How do you handle that? As far as the weekend goes, I don't encourage a lot of that because I want them to be working on their book. Good point. (laughs) Something interesting, it turned out that the weekends also led to private clients. So it sounds like it's a lead generator for you for higher tiers of products. It is, yes. I really try to make things complete, but there are some people who are more done with you or done for you rather than DIY. So I have a publishing incubator. If you still need some more time to work on this book, we extend them over six months. 
So then you can get that manuscript done, hopefully in that uh, period of time. If not, you can extend it. I just never want to leave anybody high and dry. It sounds like you could even chunk down further your, your write a book in a weekend. You could do a how-to in a weekend. You could do a quote book in a weekend. I'm not saying that you would, but it's just interesting how much further down you can chunk things so that people really have the experience of creating something very cool and it being done. You are so right, Linda. In fact, I've thought of that, but there's only so many weekends a year. (laughs) (laughs) And then by the time you mark off, you know, Super Bowl weekend and different holiday weekends, that number dwindles a little bit. Who would be a good candidate and who would not be a good candidate for creating an in a weekend type of event? If you do a lot of deep work with your clients where everybody can be emotionally fragile, probably not a good idea. Also, if your clients tend to like to do things on their own time and not at a time where you tell them to show up, then that also probably would not be a good model for you. Could a fitness coach do in a weekend? Could a career coach do? Like brainstorm some ideas of what might work as an in a weekend kind of thing. Yeah, I think a fitness coach would be a perfect model for this because a lot about working with a fitness coach is getting started and making a plan and seeing what's possible. Creating a menu plan in a weekend for a health coach. Resume in a weekend. Absolutely. Or like get that promotion in a weekend. Yeah. So it sounds like if you can find a thing that can be complete and completed in a weekend, then it could work. Yep. Exactly. Is there a place where you would see people getting stuck as they're kind of starting to map this out and create an in a weekend experience for their own business? Well, a couple of things. I think that one is don't try to take on too much. Smaller is better for what you want people to accomplish. Also be flexible in your approach. Mm. Be willing to kind of change things up, even during the weekend. I think those would probably be the two biggest things for success. It sounds to me like a lot of any kind of training and informational aspects of the In a Weekend event are actually delivered in advance of the weekend. Is that accurate? No, no. I do them during the weekend because nobody watches that stuff beforehand. (laughs) (laughs) But I do like really simple PowerPoints. I think the closer you have the training to the actual doing, and most teachers would probably tell you this, is better. Yeah, that makes sense. As you went through the process of creating your events and and your, your business based on these events, was there anything that was really surprising to you? I was shocked at the group energy and how that almost became a component of the weekend. That group energy, that connection, but that potential, that possibility of what is being created, and we are doing this here together, just incredible. It's nothing I anticipated, and it's something I look forward to every time I do one of my weekends. So let's talk. You can probably tell how much I love this model by the fact that I copied Donna's idea and created my first easing in a weekend program. I actually think it's genius. And if the model works for you, it's of immense service to your clients. Everyone loves the fact 
and the feeling of completion. And we need it to keep moving forward in our business. Thank you very much to Donna for sharing all that detail on the strategy that blew her own business up and can yours. Be sure to get Donna's gift to you. It's a free book planner that will help you get on the author profit path, along with guidance to create a power outline and writing and revision tips. You'll find it at blowingup.rocks forward slash Donna. That's blowingup.rocks forward slash Donna. This episode of Blowing Up was produced by Linda Claire Puig. Cynthia Lamb is our managing producer and Danny Eni, our executive producer. Post-production is by Post Office Sound. To make sure you catch all the really great episodes of Blowing Up, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, we'd love it if you could leave us a starred review or share the show with a friend. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. All right, are you ready? Wait, what's my cue? It's a behind-the-scenes kind of thing. Hello, and welcome to Just Between Coaches, the podcast that tackles difficult coaching conversations head on. I'm Melinda Cohen, and your host for this show. I also know that I'm listening when, again, my mind is relaxed. So I can almost sense that I'm listening on multiple levels. That's a great frame. That's a, that's a really great way to think about it. Um, I think so, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, because I think that something that is very dangerous is for people to think that being a great coach comes from having the credentials. One has nothing to do with the other. So again, part of it is just, you know, either through questions or asking what they've tried, or sometimes it's, you know, the forest for the trees thing. My favorite part of having the hard conversation is... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, so while I love what's on the other side, I think navigating through that conversation is my favorite part. Yeah, because we're not there necessarily as coaches to provide solutions. We're there to guide our people towards solutions. And I don't know if it's, you know, societal pressure or peer pressure, but we don't want to look like we don't know what we're doing. I want to help and support coaches so that they can evolve into their greatness. My desire for the show is if I could scoop up all of the coaches and bring them into my living room and bring up the topics that leave crinkles in our forehead so that we can fully understand what it means to show up in our greatness, fully confident so that we can build better businesses, so that we can be better coaches, so that we can make a lasting impact on this world collectively. And we want to rise to that level. That being said, you do want to set yourself up and your clients up for success by making sure that there is clarity around their expectations and your expectations as to how you can help them. 
people have to know a little bit about what you offer. Otherwise, how do they know that they need what you can help them with in terms of that transformation? And I love having the conversations and navigating the topics that keep us at the forefront in a time with what I call the results revolution. Yeah, well, first of all, I just want to start by saying that this is a really good problem to have, right? So if you have someone who's resisting your price, it means they're really interested in working with you. The thing is, sometimes it becomes negative. It becomes toxic. I've been in the coaching industry for almost 20 years now. And over these years, I have seen everything behind the scenes in our industry, everything that works, everything that doesn't work. I've seen the evolution of our industry and of what it means to be a coach. I just want to say to all the coaches out there, you know, matching who you are to the kind of coach that you want to be is just a practice. Do you want to add some parting words? No, I think you did great. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. This is Melinda Cohen, and you've been listening to Just Between Coaches. You'll find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yeah, this is absolutely the tone, the feel, the everything. Okay, so I'm going to stop the recording now. Why are you stopping the recording? This is going to be fun. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's a wrap. That is going to be an amazing session.